Three things that SEOs need to do better with their award entries. With Victoria Osina. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all in one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Have you ever submitted your entry for an SEO award and seen nothing but tumbleweed? What went wrong? That's what we're going to be covering today with a seasoned SEO consultant and bilingual conference speaker with over 10 years of experience across three continents. She's a member of Women in Technical SEO and has worked for global brands including Barclays, Polkadot and the Ethereum Foundation. A warm welcome to the Insert SEO podcast, Victoria Osina. Hi, David. Pleasure to be here. Hey, Victoria, thanks so much for coming on, where you can find Victoria over at victoriaosina.com. So, Victoria, why should SEOs be submitting their entries for awards? I think that uh, a lot of clients care if you're working with an award-winning agency. So, I think it's a good tool to sell your your services. Uh, We like the LinkedIn buzz. We like to tell people we have done something relevant, something extraordinary, that we are better than other people. Uh, isn't that so? What social media is about—that you're better than other people. Uh, so uh, I think that yeah, as a business tool, that should have been my first answer. Okay, probably no, that's good. So uh, you, to, to show clients that you're worthwhile doing business with, that certainly in theory should help with conversion rates. If a client, a prospective client, is comparing two different agencies and they're seeing one agency is an award-winning agency and the other isn't, they can't see anything about awards. Do you think that makes a significant difference in the potential client's mind? I'm not from the agency world, but I must say that when I was interviewing for jobs, generally when I said that I spoke at conferences, which is something that most people didn't do, that helped me. So it was like an added value. I think that exposure uh, is an added value. And I think that exposure is a lot of, uh, gives, people think that exposure gives you value. And as a business tool, could be worthwhile. Okay. Sounds good. So today you're sharing three things that SEOs need to do better with their award entries, starting off with number one, mention the ROI. I believe that uh, many times um, as SEOs, we get uh, lost in metrics that only SEOs care about, which is traffic and rankings, but clients care about revenue and profit and the cost of the uh, client acquisition. Most of the campaigns don't mention that, don't mention those metrics, no ROI. So if I'm investing in something, I would like to know how much I'm getting in return. I think it's a very common mistake not to speak the the client's language and to speak SEO language. That's why many uh, SEO contracts get uh, cut early. If you're not showing value in the metrics, that they speak or in the metrics that they understand. I think that's, a, that's an issue. And it's a very common issue in our industry. And many SEOs that focus on top of funnel, uh, uh, long tail keywords that generate initial views from someone that hasn't seen a website before, uh, will look at things like uh, new visits or increasing number of visits or uh, increased uh, presence in the, in the SERP. Are, are those kind of metrics enough? Or do you actually have to refine it down to a, a commercial value? I think it's important to consider uh, the KPIs or OKRs that the client is using. 
So if for the if the client thinks that new visits are important, okay, let's focus on new visits. It would be good good to know why do you think this is important. There is a funnel. There is always a funnel, and there is a, always a, a number that gets smaller and smaller, and at the end it ends up in a conversion, customer acquisition, or a new user. So ideally, we focus on the metrics that they report on. Because ultimately, it depends on the company, but um, I work with a lot of companies that have investors, uh, are Series A or Series B. And at the end of the quarter, I have to present a report with the metrics that the investors think is important. So ideally, you adjust your metrics to those ones, right? To business metrics. You could have an SEO dashboard, which I do. Because for me, it's important the amount of traffic and if we are moving up or not. Because if we if we don't if you don't have traffic, if you're not moving up and you have more, more traffic, it's very likely that you're not going to uh, hit those numbers that they want. But to be uh, the, the fact that everybody's on the same page and are reporting uh, on the same metrics, I think is really important. And the second area that SEOs tend to get wrong or tend to could do a better job of doing is with poor target audience description. Definitely poor uh, audience description is something that I saw a lot in these uh, years in entries. For example, women from 25 to 60, that's not an audience. <laughs> women from 25 from 60, like all most women, how could that be an audience? And this happens generally in the description of women. All women are the same. All women use the same brands, they think the same. Generally, you don't see men from 25 to 60 because within the dot audience, you would say men who like rugby, men who go to bar one, something a bit more descriptive of their lifestyle. Now, uh, I see this particularly in women, probably because um, this is a quite male-dominated industry. <laughs> so the little regard that, that you pay to women from 25 to 60 as a description, I find that it's shocking and also... You're going to use any language because all of these women are generic, right? Uh, so definitely I would try to be more descriptive to see what do those women want? Where do they shop? Do, what, um, uh, do they watch TV? Do they watch Netflix? They have kids. Okay, where, which school do they send them to? Where do they go on holidays? Uh, a, a more of a persona. I would use more. I work a lot with, with tech companies and persona description is something that we use a lot. And I would like to see a bit more target audiences described as personas, uh, a bit more detail into that. Okay, okay. And um, I could ask a, a couple of different follow-up questions based upon that, but I'll, I'll go down the, the landing page question route. So not specifically to do with awards, but um, if you do get more refined with who your target audience is, how do you actually target a specific audience on organic search? Well, you could be uh, targeting by use, for example, by use or by roles, which is something we do a lot in, in, in the tech industry. For example, uh, a product for a certain use, a uh, hubspot for social media. I'm talking, uh, when, when I create a, a page about that, I'm talking to social media managers. I'm not talking to every marketer, right? Understood. In the same way, if I want to target people with a certain uh, budget, I could be uh, comparing HubSpot to low-end, to cheaper solutions. 
and why HubSpot is better, why HubSpot is worth uh, your money. So definitely long tail. And um, I remember there is a project that I worked that had business loans and there was one page that was business loans for women, business loan for women entrepreneurs. And that gets, I mean, that doesn't get a ton of searches, but there is some people looking for that. When we compare the, the SEO reports to the sales reports, uh, I remember asking, is this, is it most people that apply in this page, are they women? And it, uh, definitely they were. But again, women entrepreneurs, it's not women. It's a bit more specific than women from uh, 25 to 60. And in terms of establishing your own persona that, that you want to target, should an SEO be involved in that? How, how do you go about establishing who the persona should be? Or is it another marketing department's responsibility to do that? I think that uh, personas are generally defined by product but it can be refined uh, with SEO research and the way we structure the funnel. In my, I do mostly consultancy for Web3, and when we analyze the searches, for example, I work for a company that they do a SaaS product for crypto compliance. There is very specific people looking for crypto compliance software, right? It's not something that you're going to randomly search. And then we work a lot with the levels of refinement. Like we work a lot with localized pages for different jurisdictions. And we work a lot with defining which searches are um, in the different uh, stages of the funnel. I think that SEO always helps product. Or for me, uh, SEO is, for me, SEO is product marketing. Uh, and product marketers that are not into SEO, well, I think they are missing out. And the third mistake that SEOs make with award entries is no specificity of what they did. Exactly. The third mistake uh, for me was no specificity in the actions taken during that campaign. People would describe, we did on-page SEO, we did link building, we did content. Yeah, that's everything that SEO is. But, uh, or schema. We did schema. They didn't specify which kind of schema, if they were using any tools, I don't know, something else on page. If you tell me I did link building content and on page, what does that mean? Those are the three main components of SEO and sorted out technical errors. Yeah, that's the description of SEO in general. So ideally, you show me one example, which there were a lot of landing pages. A lot of people didn't show landing pages uh, when they were talking about content. But I think it's interesting to see at least one example, if you are working on an e-commerce website, for example, uh, an example of the homepage, an example of the category page, an example of the product, I think that would be uh, very useful. Or the URL, right? The specificity is what makes or breaks the campaign. And in summary, do your award entry correctly. Spend some decent time on it or don't do it at all. I think that definitely if you want to win the award, I don't think that it, the bar was very high, to be honest. If you build a case study for your agency, for your agency website, I'm sure with that case study, you could uh, present it as, a, as an award uh, entry. So let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? My favorite activities to, that provide a huge results without a huge effort uh, is SERP uh, optimization, SERP features optimization. 
in particular, FAQ schema and feature snippet optimization. For feature snippets, I have got uh, great results for many clients. You don't need any technical expertise. You can make the changes on page and it has proven to be incredibly effective for the last five years, at least for me. And is there any specific featured snippets that um, you're particularly passionate about? Well, I'm not passionate about feature snippets. They just provide results. Okay, <laughs> that are effective. Maybe that's a better word then, yes. The, I generally get the, the paragraph snippets. We know that there is um, 80%, between 80 and 90% of all feature snippets are paragraph snippets. I think those are very easy to get if you uh, phrase them as a question, if you have question and answer, an encyclopedic-like answer below the question, I think that's pretty, pretty easy to get and gets a very good result for clients. For clients, sorry, uh, for clients that have, let's say, complicated products. I, I work with like uh, Q&A solutions, Web3 solutions. So the answer is a little snippet. People tend to click on it. If you are offering very simple answers that can only be replied with, on, with those 50 uh, words, well, I don't think that's the right solution for you. But for uh, complex solutions uh, where people are inclined to click on the snippet and continue reading, I think that's a very good thing to use. And in terms of a quick win, if you're a company with maybe several hundred blog posts, is the most potentially the most effective um, win to redo your existing blog posts, to analyze your existing blog posts, uh, and to see if there are some maybe subheadings, H2s, H3s, and you can actually redo them in the form of questions and, and be more specific in terms of answers uh, within your subheadings on your blog posts to give yourself a better opportunity of these featured snippets. Would that be a really useful thing to do? Actually, most of the companies I work with have a lot of blog posts and almost no product pages. So what I tend to focus first is on having the product pages, the money pages, because if you have uh, hundreds and hundreds of blog posts and, this, and the website is not performing from a revenue or customer acquisition perspective, what's the point of it? So currently what I'm doing with uh, those type of clients is, yeah, we optimize for feature snippets, but that's not the top priority. First, we build the product pages, product and feature pages, which are the ones that are going to be a bit uh, lower on the funnel and they have commercial and transactional intent. And then we take the top 10 blog posts. We start with the top 10 and then we do the top 20, top 50. And we do feature snippet optimization for those, but we also do internal linking, which is something that people forget. And all of these these hundreds of blog posts, all of this top of the funnel uh, content should be uh, pointing their power to product pages so that the product pages get more power. And I think that link build, internal linking is one of the um, things that, again, it doesn't take a lot of time to implement and uh, it has tremendous value. It has, uh, it has proven to have huge results for my clients. Brilliant. Lovely specific advice there. Start with your product pages, optimize them for featured snippets, and then go to your top blog posts and make sure that they link to your product pages to uh, uh, use inter inter internal linking to uh, further optimize them. Now, internal linking is a golden bullet and it's so much easier to build links inside your website than to request them externally or 
uh, try to do a link building campaign. So if you're ranking already for top of the funnel queries, yeah, link those pages to the money pages. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Victoria Olsina over at victoriaolsina.com. Victoria, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast. Thank you, David. Thank you, sir. It has been a pleasure to, to be here. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. <laughs> <laughs>